0: The comforting light of the sun is slowly faded. You can barely make out the silhouette of Mount Everest looming over you like a giant in the night. The chill of the air whips away at your skin, so cold, and yet it burns. Your only solace in this desolate white landscape before you is a small fire you manage to kindle to provides some sort of comfort before the cold sleep ahead. Your thoughts drift to the days of hiking in front of you, when suddenly shrill howl pierces through the night. The sounds echo around you, making it impossible to not only find the direction of the noise, but to know how close the source may be. Your eyes dart around in all directions. You manage to get a fleeting look at some sort of bipedal creature traversing across the mountains. Could it be another person out here with you? But it's far too large. It most certainly is not a bear or a yak trying to find its way home. All that you can do now is keep watch and hope that this thing didn't get a look at you too welcome to the our topic podcast quite a big juxtaposition between my thing and then our intro (laughs) jingle (laughs) It's (laughs) it's okay it's supposed to be jarring Good evening, everybody, or morning, or afternoon, or whenever you catch our podcast. Welcome to another frosty episode of the Odd Topic Podcast. Joining me is the one and only Brett. Hello. And I suppose I can say it, Brett, it's time for another cryptid roundup. <laughs> Finally,
1: technically the first of the season. Yeah, I know. After we spoke about this last episode, I, I realized <laughs> that this is
0: coming. Of course it was going to come. <laughs> that sounded <laughs> <funny>. Anyway. <laughs> In case you didn't pick up on it yet, like some sort of buffoon, today, Brett and I will be talking about the Yeti, a.k.a. the Abominable Snowman, a.k.a. Bigfoot's cold-ass cousin. <laughs> Not <laughs> the same thing. Cousins. Yeah, cousins. Although, Not yeah, really know, there's... And then you get the Australian one,
1: which is the Yowie. The Yowie, yeah. Yow, all kinds, kinds of... Uh, yeah, it's the Yeti, the Yowie, the Bigfoot,
0: which is Sasquatch, technically. Yeah. yeah. A lot of drawings of the Yeti depicted being white yes but it's, it's, it's not not, not at all just yeah. looks like bigfoot in the snow yes
1: <laughs> still got the orangey orangutan hair
0: yeah pretty much so i'm i'm quite excited to talk about a, a docuseries that's recently come to an end okay then if you heard about it it's called the yeti no okay. i
1: saw that i mean it could be related but there's a, a podcast series just been released now called
0: the yeti i think it's that one really yeah, yeah. okay cool. yeah so it wasn't on bbc uh yes it's bbc four. And then it's now come on Spotify Okay, stuff I, well. I listened to the first episode. It yeah, it's very, very yeah. cool. Uh, I haven't finished it yet, despite how I already know all the spoilers <laughs> in it. But I've gotten quite far in it and I was like, I have to talk about this. So, so with all that being said anyway, before we jump into the story about that and me dissecting that <laughs> do- <laughs> yeah. docuseries, um, Brett, what is the Yeti and how did this whole thing begin?
1: I mean, if there was a walk of fame for cryptids, I'm pretty sure the Yeti is like yeah. up there as the number one. Yeah, he's up there with Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, all your, what your OGs, dogs? you know. With the your OGs, cryptids. exactly. Basically, if you get a docu-series written about you, you're an OG now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this was actually quite interesting for me because as much as I enjoy the stories behind most cryptids, we never really take the time to actually go in-depth into how these actually became law and became yeah. things we talk about. So the name Yeti was actually derived from a Tibetan language. The Yi comes from the word rock, uh, or rocky place and the t uh, is their word for bear so it's basically okay. rocky, bear. rocky bear uh the pronunciation is so off if you actually look at the word yeah you, it's like dab or something like that it's like, <laughs> how did you get t from this
0: <laughs> so that yeti came from rocky bear it's actually funny because i guess skeptics are very much most likely think the yeti is a bear yes just a bear that stood up
1: yeah which i find surprising because i would more think it was like like gigantopithecus whatever yes. that one which is like that orangutan ape that stood on yeah. two legs yeah i would think more
0: ape than yeah, bear. but yeah I,
1: I mean i get it i understand
0: there's misidentified bear there's a standing bear in the snow kilometers away yeah. and it's yeah. frosty yes. maybe but
1: so apparently the myth of the yeti began as folklore of the himalayan people It was used almost like the tokolosh is used in South Africa. Uh, A lot of scaring the kids and a little bit of superstition and whatnot. But after an expedition to Mount Everest in 1921, a group of British explorers led by Lieutenant Colonel Charles Howard Barry documented their accounts in a book called Mount Everest, The Reconnaissance.
0: Sorry, his name is Lieutenant Colonel Charles Howard Barry. That's a lot of first names. So he is Charles Howard Barry. Okay. He is a lieutenant colonel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean that part I can't. Yeah, <laughs> Charles Howard Burry. But it's a half-inated surname, I think. Okay. Yeah. So they described seeing footprints and evidence of the creature. Howard Burry believed the footprints to be of a large loping grey wolf, which in the soft snow formed double tracks which resembled large bear feet. Okay. Which Kind of makes sense. Yeah. The Sherpa, though, said the tracks belonged to what they called the Wild Man of the Snows and gave their name, Matua Kangmi. Matua translates to man bear and Kangmi translates to snowman. Now, in an interview with the porters from the Everest reconnaissance expedition, reporter Harry Newman mistranslated the word Matua as filthy and then substituted the word in his report with abominable. And the name stuck. <laughs> because he saw Matoa as being filthy, whatever. So he thought yes. it was a filthy snowman. Yes. But he didn't want to say in the report filthy.
0: So, so he rather decided to say abominable. So I've got a different name okay. for the yeti called Magoy. Okay. Which is from also from the Himalayan people. Really? Well, okay, specifically from Bhutan. Okay. In the Yeti Sanctuary, they call it Magoy. Okay,
1: uh, they, it. there are a ton of different names, but this, I know it seems like a like. I'm pretty sure there have been a few cryptids around where it's the same thing, or given different yes, names yeah. and all different things. They know it's that thing over yeah. there, yeah. But so I found this in multiple sources, okay. but again, yours is Bhutan. I think this over here uh is I mean, do they speak?
0: This is in Tibet. Is Bhutan? No, this isn't Tibet. Where's? I'm very bad at that kind Me of too. So, Me too. So, so the Himalayas spans over multiple countries, yeah, it's actually. It's massive, yeah. Even in India. Yeah. Uh, a little bit, anyway. So in all these different places, they refer to it as something else. Uh, but they've all yeah. actually got an experience with it. <laughs> Correct. What but they it its own name, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, makes sense. Yeah, so the Matoa... So there was actually quite a bit of a thing, because there was another report released. But because of, uh, obviously, printing in that back in the day, Matua is spelled M-E-T-O-H. Okay. And he forgot... The C or the O, he didn't, like the O didn't form correctly. So it looked like M-E-T-C-H, Mech. Yeah. <laughs> now the match word doesn't exist in the Tibetan language. And mm-hmm. people went wild because they all thought that they're like, this comes from like some ancient whatever and match yeah, yeah. could be this word. And then someone pointed out, I'm like, yeah. are you guys sure? He just Dapper. didn't, you know, finish the O. <laughs> so yeah, Abominable Snowman stuck since that day. And yeah, that's, that's how the legend of the Yeti got out. So accounts on the Yeti were kind of around for, I mean, centuries. So even from Alexander the Great's period, he tried to go through to the Himalayas to hunt it and all that and got extremely upset when they couldn't actually show him a Yeti and whatnot. Ever since Alexander the Great's uh, kind of conquest through there, throughout the years, multiple people have gone back to try and hunt the Yeti and find the Yeti and stuff like that. And funny enough, in 1959, the U.S. Embassy actually put out a memo stating that American citizens need special permits before they could legally start tracking the Yetis inside Nepal. Also while photographs and, you know, camera images and stuff like that were okay, killing them and taking any of their like live specimens or hair or whatever mm-hmm. out of Nepal was like an extreme, you know. know yeah. yeah. Uh funny enough just before that, and I'm assuming this is why this came up, uh, American and Soviet teams both embarked on organized hunts <laughs> for the Yetis in about 1958. This is a year before the memo was released. One of those, like, who's going to find it yeah, first for the and glory? It, it was an international race for the Yeti. <laughs> Just like the space one. I know, it's <laughs> insane. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, that's a brief little history about the Yeti and, yeah, why we now call it the Abominable So-Man. That's really cool. And um, what I am finding, though, is, like, a lot of these little expeditions that, Well, it sounds like multiple expeditions, like it's a big wild manhunt, but there haven't actually been too many. No, there have not There's only been like a small handful and the Himalayas is huge. And it's not the best like area to just go wandering through. I mean, you can't, there's a whole bunch of weather conditions and all sorts of problems. Something I found that was actually really cool uh, was that David Attenborough believes in the Yeti. Really? He hardcore believes, well, okay, maybe not at sparse. (laughs) He definitely (laughs) thinks that it could exist. Okay. Um. So of all the things he's seen and how down to earth he is, he does reckon that there's ample evidence uh, in the case of the Etienne. Okay. Let me give you a little quote here. He says, I believe that the abominable snowman may be real. I think that there may be something in that. That's what he said. (laughs) All I can hear is Nelson Mandela. (laughs) Me too. I think I botched that one. Anyway. (laughs) So yeah, so he also went on to say, um, there are footprints that stretch for hundreds of miles. And we know that in 1930s, a German fossil was found with these huge molars they were four or five times the size of human molars. Whoa. That's massive. And then he goes on to say, there had to be the molars of a large ape, one that was huge, about 10 or 12 feet tall. It was immense, and it is not impossible that it might exist. If you have walked the Himalayas, there are these immense rhododendron forests that go on for hundreds of square miles, which could hold the Yeti. That's crazy. It's really cool. And I mean, he's a pretty down-to-earth guy. Yeah. He was asked how he could believe it may be real if the existence has never been proven. To which he replied, if there are still some alive and you walk near their habitat, you can bet that these creatures may be aware of you, but you would not be aware of them. Yeah, He's probably right. He probably is right. So I thought it was pretty cool. Um, as I get into my story a bit further, but I, I start to become more of a believer of the Yeti <laughs> than I thought I was going to be. I've always kind of thought it was probably not very likely, but yeah. this is actually sounding more and more incredible. <laughs> I mean, David Attenborough is behind us. Come I on. Know. So recently there was quite a bit of investigative journalism done on this topic by a man named Andrew Benfield and his friend, Richard Horsey. 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 Keep that sentiment in mind because cool. I'm going to make a joke about it later. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so Andrew is a self-proclaimed adventurer from Britain and that sounded a bit harsh. Yeah, I mean he's an adventurer I made it sound like oh, He's not really one He's self-proclaimed <laughs> well, Sorry me. Andrew um, <laughs> From Britain But he has spent Most of his life in Africa And Asia Traveling all over Okay uh, As for Richard Well he's just kind of Referred to by Andrew As his skeptical friend <laughs> That's about it <laughs> Everyone has to have Their own That's all I could friend. really find About, yeah. <laughs> about Richard Horsey <laughs> um, So these guys embarked On adventure To track down the Yeti which spanned over multiple countries where there were reported sightings and evidence to display and people to interview and things like that. So they documented the entire thing. And as I said uh, earlier, it's available as a podcast and a BBC radio show. Yeah. And it's just called Yeti.
1: It's very cool. Cause it's almost like uh, a step by step, like as in a person's following them the whole way, yeah. kind of like commenting, commentating.
0: And-, and like they are podcasting while they are doing yeah. this. It's, know, not like, it's, it's not like a, a post adventure yeah. interview. It's like, yeah. Every step going. of the way. Yeah. So they started in India. Uh, then they went to Myanmar, followed by Nepal and Bhutan in the Himalayas. In Bhutan, they have what's called the Yeti Sanctuary, which is a 740 square kilometer or 286 square miles for our American friends, area dedicated to preserving specifically the habitat of the Yeti or the Magoi. Um, okay. oh, as it's uh, on there. All right. So that's what they call it in the Yeti Sanctuary in Bhutan. Okay. So again, one of the multiple different possible names. Yeah. I don't know. It's actually really crazy the efforts they went to, to preserve this area. So the country is quite poor. Okay. Uh, healthcare is not great. Life expectancy is like up to 52 years of age. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. It's not a wealthy, nice country yeah. by any means. And it's not the largest either, but it's crazy that they've dedicated this huge portion of the country to this Yeti sanctuary. Yeah, Timber is their main export and yet they still decided to conserve <laughs> all, all these trees and stuff in this area. Um, just for the Yeti.
1: But it goes back to, to the Douglas in South Africa. It's, it's all about sca- like superstition and yeah. your, your ancient
0: beliefs and stuff like that. In this case, I don't think so. In this case, I think it's just something that they believe is there. Oh, they, is it? Okay. They, they might think it's, they might, well, not might, they do sort of hold on a bit of a pedestal, like a, I want to say sacred, but, it's, but I don't not think quite, it's religious, you know? but it's, they've you got massive respect for this creature that they believe is there. Okay. So they're saying this is his land. Um, it's not to be touched by anybody else, by any machines, nothing. It's his land. It's his land. Okay. Fair enough. Um, or they land, there might be more than one. We hope there's more than one. Yeah. He's either <laughs> super lonely or he's the last. <laughs> so during these guys' travels, they spoke to many locals. Um, they essentially explained that a lot of these locals have stories and sightings and to them, it's, it's a given that the 80s exist. Yeah. These people, isn't just, It's not just folklore to them yeah, or it's, cryptid. It's a real thing that exists. That's crazy. Um, I mean, just like a bear or a yak, you know, for them, it's just a tangible, it's an animal. Um, so Andrew and Richard came away from these interviews, feeling like they do agree with the locals. Um, and they had this, this sort of take, and I agree with it, to be honest, that, um, just because the odd explorer has come through once in a blue moon and hasn't found it yet, yet doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The world has decided that this creature does not exist because like, a very tiny handful of explorers that went independently didn't see anything. Yes. So now everyone's like, "Oh, it doesn't exist." Yeah, yeah. And the, the, these the locals are like, well, "Fuck you! It exists. <laughs> it exists. We You've see it, it all yeah. the time. We have sanctuaries dedicated. It's an animal. <laughs> it's just quite elusive." <laughs> Johannes, not really that easy to find. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, because of how vast the area is, it's it's you know, it's not a given to find it when you go in, on a, of course on a hunt. Is. And it's 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 a vast, vast area of land.
1: It's. The most probably dangerous kind of, yeah. uh, it, it, it's not straightforward. Uh,
0: it, I mean, it's kind of akin to jumping into the, the ocean and hoping you see a, like a exactly. giant squid. Yeah. It, I mean, we now know they exist, yeah. but we weren't seeing them because yeah. it's just it's such a huge area. It's like saying uh, there was a cedar found off of the coastline <laughs> yeah. in Islander the and then you go
1: swimming and you're like, but I didn't see anything. No, it's definitely not true. <laughs> okay, cool, dude.
0: <laughs> doesn't exist, fake. So yeah. Anyway, I think it is entirely possible that one just hasn't been found. I think
1: a less can be said for Bigfoot because where it is, is very searchable yes. land and all that. And yeah. if you look at Loch Ness, it's has been searched and it's in one lake that da, 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 yeah. all the stuff.
0: That one is a bit different because yeah. of how vast the area is. Exactly. So while in Bataan, they got um, a hair sample from an anonymous source. Okay. Which really sounds a bit shady. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, who claimed it to be Yeti hair. Sir, that's your dog. Yeah. <laughs> so this was in the, the sort of, what was supposed to be the final episode. They oh, were given okay. this hair sample. And it was quite a big deal because as you said, they're not allowed to get, take hair yeah, samples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're things. extremely strict about it. Uh, which is actually why they kept it in an anonymous source. Okay. Anyway, so they got this hair sample, but they just ended the show there. I think a few months ago, I think it was October, they released a bonus episode where they actually managed to get this thing tested. Okay. And it turns out it was horse hair. <laughs> <laughs> you see the joke now, Richard Horsey, you found horse yeah, hair. Yeah, okay. yeah, Okay. <laughs>
1: So in 2013, a human genetics expert by the name of Brian Sykes, he had gathered between multiple sources over 30 different hair samples believing to come from yetis and Sasquatches and a whole bunch of other cryptids. And he's like, he's got proof. He's going to do this and prove to the world. Uh, Every single strand came back to be either horse, bear, raccoon, or cow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) These apes don't shed, guys. Stop trying. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so the the horse here was from a, a native breed of Altai Mountain Horse. Okay. So this did kind of dampen their spirits a bit. They thought maybe at the end they would have really found something. Yeah. But this doesn't devalue all Hooper's experiences and what they did find and see. They did
1: a lot of interviews with like the actual people there yeah. and their like experiences. And, and as you said, like they full heartedly believe it. Yeah. Because, I mean, even in the first episode, two was exactly. like, yes, it exists.
0: It's- I think they were just hoping for the perfect little cap on their yeah, show. To, like know. we found proof. Yes. Which I mean, yeah. obviously everyone wants. Yeah. <laughs> so Richard is the most skeptical one of the team. He sort of walked away with a level of belief still. He went on to say, we realized it doesn't really matter to most of these people, whether it physically exists or not. It's a role that it plays in their world. Correct. And that's quite a beautiful sentiment. (laughs) Yeah, Um, And yeah, it's, it's a big cultural thing for them. It's been integrated in their whole life and their history and all that kind of stuff. So again, not to say it doesn't actually exist, but um, whether or not we all feel the need, we need to prove it is inconsequential to them.
1: Yeah. And almost, it's kind of sad though, because sometimes to prove that it exists kind of means either ruining its habitat or potentially finding one of them dead or the last of them dead or whatever yeah. it there's, there's, there's so much that kind of comes in and, and exactly. plays a part. So along the lines of people trying to now obviously prove what, you know, species it would be or, or, or what family it would come from. Uh, a few people have also noted that polar bears and brown bears frequently mm. interbreed. i not frequently, they are quite rare, but yeah. it is a thing that that happens yeah. and they do look very kind of, ominous i won't lie ape black <laughs> i wouldn't say ape black but if that like i mean i'll show you a picture if if that thing stood yeah, on it's weird on its uh back legs
0: you would think that that would be something pretty i think especially because it has none of the typical identifiable traits of a normal polar Correct. bear or, or brown bear
1: yeah so basically they are predominantly white with a little bit of brown slash auburnish color yeah. hair around it certainly looks
0: bigger than a normal bear. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, brown bears... Pretty is really <laughs>
1: Those things are gnarly, man. Um, and then, as we mentioned earlier, Gigantopithe- Gigantopithecus is... No, no a, I'm saying it wrong. Yeah. Gigantopithecus. Pithicus, that's the one. That's yeah. So, Gigantopithecus... Pithecus. <laughs> I can't say it. My God. Gigantopithecus is a genus of massive simians whose fossils have been found throughout China, India, and Vietnam. In their heyday, these guys would have most likely made a silverback gorilla shiver. Yes, wow. hilarious. Uh, <laughs> certain species weighed an estimated of 1,100 pounds and could stand at over nine feet
0: tall. So I reckon the molars that David Attenborough, well, the guys in 1930 found, was probably related to that. Say um, its name. Gigantipithecus.
1: Ah, you nailed damn it. it. Got it. Yeah, but I mean, they died <laughs> out.
0: Say my name.
1: <laughs> They probably died out about 300,000 years ago, but that's not to say that they're completely extinct. Yeah, It is just something. And if you look at a picture of it, it to me, it looks like 90% yeah. of the the the, the, sure. the, you know, the artist interpretations yeah. of, of these things, which I think is quite hilarious. Uh, another interesting fact, Yeti footprints or a, a picture of Yeti footprints mm. sold for 5,500 pounds in 1951. A picture of the footprint. Not footprints. even the, because I know they took a few castings. Yeah, no, picture. So taken by mountain climber Eric Earl Shipton in 1951, the photos featured what appeared to be several dozen footprints allegedly found between 16,000 to 17,000 feet above sea level. Hmm. Uh, the set was auctioned off in September 2015. Okay. I mean, that's like exactly what David said. Yeah. I say David like he's a friend. Yeah. David oh, Admiral said. <laughs> uh, you have these That's long. Sir David, David Admiral. Sir you. David <laughs> uh, You have these massive stretches of land. Yeah. And you've got footprints walking through there, and yeah okay cool you can go back to what the original tibetan guy said where it's um or he was, he was the guy doing the thing where it's, yeah. where they, they they obviously step quite close together but because of the snow is so soft yeah. it just falls away and it looks like a massive so footprint
0: i know wolves do that to reduce the number of tracks that leave. yes for that exact reason they'll walk in their own footprints yeah i have heard that um so would could very much look like something is walking two steps yeah you know? and especially um, for such long distance it can of walk forever you know <laughs> which is yeah which is quite crazy so the Yeti, true or false? Does it even matter? Well, I suppose time will tell, but I must say the Yeti has quickly become one of my favorites. It really has.
1: Uh, I've, cool. I've always been a huge fan of, of all, you know, Sasquatch Yeti, Bigfoot yes. type family because of how much it is, I would not say documented, but how many people actively try and yeah. follow it.
0: It's definitely moved for me now in my sort of ranking of my favorite cryptids. Yeah. It's moved above Bigfoot.
1: Oh, really? For okay. sure,
0: yeah. Okay. Which isn't necessarily high on the list, <laughs> but, uh, but Yeti is quite high now.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think Yeti has definitely a higher standing in the community as from yes. versus Bigfoot. Yeah, and I think Bigfoot has been tried to be hoaxed way too many times.
0: And I'm it has a been, and there's all this, this stupid speculation about Bigfoot and being a time traveler and all that, <laughs> which just really makes it's me so ridiculous. I did see something about the Yeti though. uh, One of the stories somebody said was that it can turn invisible.
1: It is from the interview, but it it was of another person's account of it, but it was no one from the area or the locals. It was like, they were just talking about it and they said, yeah, I can turn invisible. invisible,
0: That to me is like, okay, now you're taking something that has grounded in reality to some supernatural nonsense. Yeah. You've just separated it from (laughs) any believable. And now you've lost us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) but it's still i mean i think i think anything up there especially when you kind of climbing the mountains and you you're so high above sea level your oxygen's thin you've yeah. been probably like walking for days you're gonna start having a little bit of that and yeah. i think it sparks so much and because people know the history is there yeah. and they know that the people believe it so much that you stop believing it and you stop believing what you're seeing, even though it could just be a bear or a yak or something like that. Yeah. And I think that's where you have the two sides fighting, where you've got like the skeptics who are saying, oh, but you probably saw a bear. You probably did mm. see a bear. But yeah. also you've got the people who are from there who
0: believe it and have seen it and it's, you know, something completely different. Yeah. That's what gets me because the people that live there all the time, they fucking know what a bear looks like in the snow. You know, they're going to know if, Literally, somebody, if that's love, not a bear. Yeah. like. They're for sure going to be the first to be like, no, that one was not a bad one. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, All right. Thanks for tuning in guys. I hope you had a good time with us and you enjoyed our story on the Yeti. Uh, go check out that other podcast. It's pretty cool as well. They deserve some, some hits. Um, Just type in Yeti and, and you'll find our episode yeah. and you'll find that. <laughs> podcast. Yeah. You'll definitely find hours above <laughs> that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Um, thanks, Uh, Brett. Where can they find us if they want more? You can find
1: us on all major social media platforms at Autopic Podcast. Uh, You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, X, uh, YouTube. You can also find us at autopicpodcast.com, our website where we have neglected for the past couple of months. (laughs) But it does have some things on there. Yeah. Or you can email (laughs) us, community at autopicpodcast.com. Till next time, guys. Stay
0: fresh. Stay freaky. Bye. Bye.